Welcome to Jurassic World. guests, welcome to Jurassic World Minute, where we visit Jurassic World one minute at a time. Gyrospheres depart every 30 seconds from the Gyrosphere station. I'm Brad. I'm Dave. And this week we're back to discuss Minute 3 of Jurassic World 3. No, of Jurassic World. <laughs> David, looking over at Jurassic-pedia.com, um, we have an article up here for the Mitchell House that we're going to have in this minute. Mm-hmm. Um, funnily enough, not, uh, not up in... Um, Madison, Wisconsin, like the uh, the film suggests, but instead, I think Houston, Texas, they filmed this scene, this set. Yeah, I can't remember exactly where. I think it was down in Texas, something, something like that. All I remember is it was somewhere warm, because <laughs> I remember all the behind-the-scenes pics of there's this neighborhood, and um, there's it's like a normal neighborhood, and then all of a sudden you see just the one house covered in fake snow. <laughs> Yeah, I remember those set pics. I'll try and see if I've got some on my computer so we can post up on the Facebook page. But it was a very odd sight seeing this uh, this mm-hmm. summer summer sort of town or drive a street and uh, yeah, all the fake snow on the trees and everything. In the yeah. middle, we see um, we see Mrs. Mitchell outside packing the car and the, the pine trees with the snow on it <laughs> at the boundary of the house and all that sort of stuff. So. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, the Madison, Wisconsin area, that's up kind of more middle of the state of Wisconsin. And it's, um, I've actually been there. I looked at the college there when I was looking for colleges out of high school. Giant, giant college, University of Madison. I mean, it would probably take you half an hour to walk from one end of the campus to the other. I I know I was definitely out of breath after taking the tour. (laughs) Ride push bicycles everywhere. Yeah, really. Yeah. It'd be the only way to get across there quick enough without Mm -hmm. missing classes. Um, it sort of makes me wonder why why they filmed. Maybe I'm, uh, I haven't checked to see when filming was actually going on for Jurassic World, but maybe um, it was at just that time of year where they couldn't get snow in a in a more northern northern area. I think it was. I can't remember exactly when they filmed this scene, but I think it was more spring summer time. And it didn't. It, they wouldn't have been able to get uh, snow up in up in uh, Michigan or Wisconsin. I mean, mm, I suppose too. There's also that nature effect where here they can control it. It's all fake snow. It's not going to melt. Whereas yeah, if you're... That, that and um, the fact. I mean, well, at the same time, I mean, Wisconsin gets a pretty steady snowfall 
But at the same time, yeah, I mean, you don't have to depend on... I mean, it's not one of those things where, like, you plan around going to, like, the snowiest spot on the wor- in the world, and then it ends up being no snow. Mm. I, like, I think that happened with uh, the first X-Men movie. They went to go film in Alberta, <laughs> and it just happened to be, like, rainy and sleety the whole time. <laughs> there was no snow. Mm. And, of course, uh, famously happened with George Lucas on the first Star Wars movie. They went to go film in Tunisia in one of the driest spots in the world. <laughs> and they get a once in every 100 years rainstorm. <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember the um, the Netflix series, uh, the movies that made us, they um, done the behind the scenes there for uh, uh, Home Alone. Mm-hmm. And same thing there where the whole... The whole point is it's Christmas time. They had a dump of snow when they started filming, so the street and the houses had snow on them, but they needed um, that snowing, or the snow to be falling for that final shot on Christmas morning when everyone gets home. And um, They actually had two days set aside, everything ready to go, so as soon as it started to snow, they could set up and start filming at that house location. And um, One day they were filming, and all of a sudden it started snowing, and everyone just dropped tools and <laughs> bolted, got everything over there, and got that scene film so well that's, that one, that's one that of those that, what's that i was just gonna say that's one of those that's one of those things where you're waiting for nature to do its part and sometimes it doesn't sometimes it does yeah that one was actually filmed in uh, i think on the north side of chicago and we have a saying around here in chicago if you don't like the weather wait five minutes yeah <laughs> <laughs> well as we're saying currently as well it's not just the weather that you've got issues with outside now so Mm-hmm. that's all uh, yeah filmmaking's a uh, tough business anyway back yep. to the uh, back to the Mitchell House um, head over to Jurassicpedia Jurassic-pedia.com and uh, have a look at the Mitchell House listing there it's not a very long one just sort of outlines its uh, its use in the film Dane County Airport is 36 minutes away 60 with traffic how many minutes to get your little butt in the van hmm? how many of those all right, David, ready to discuss Minute 3 of Jurassic World? Yeah. As we in Minute 2 of Jurassic World, we've seen that big orange eye of Indominus and cut to white as a bird tried to scare us as it jumped around the snow. As we open on Minute 3, the bird flies off to reveal a house covered in snow and a mum putting suitcases in the back of the car. At the five-second mark, she yells up to the house, Boys, let's do this. We cut inside the house as Gray Mitchell looks at some archaic shots of dinosaurs fighting on his Viewmaster. At the 15 second mark, the mum opens the door and comes in and asks Gray what is he doing. Obviously not happy that the young boy's not getting ready for the trip. She tells him to come on honey, your flight leaves in two hours. And that's when Gray starts to let, let her know exactly how long it takes to get to the airport, which shows us he's good with numbers. Karen replies, how many minutes to get your little butt in the van? At the 35 second mark we cut downstairs as Gray runs out the front door to reveal his older brother Zach with his girlfriend in his arms. She tells him to call her every day and to text her a pic so she doesn't forget what he looks like. Zach assures her that he's only going for a week. At the 45 second mark the father's in the car and listening to the whole conversation. He says, Zach, you're not going off to war here. Let's go, buddy. The girlfriend says, I love you. But Zach just says, see you later, and runs for the car. 
And as we end minute three, the girlfriend just waves goodbye. After the reveal of the bird last minute, it continues to sort of jump around the ground here before it uh, turns and flies off up above the house. And this sort of reveals the two-story yellow house uh, covered in fake snow, as we just talked about in the background. Um, yeah, we discussed how it was in the summer in Texas. Um, we get the boy's mother here uh, packing the car. She sort of turns and yells back to the house, boys, let's do this. Uh, Karen Mitchell? We get a name later. It's Karen, isn't it? I think so, yeah. 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 We, I don't think we actually get a name for the father. Um I thought it was supposed to be Scott or something like that. Or is that the actor's name? <laughs> I don't know, but Scott's a dick. <laughs> um, well, we got we bring that up more when we get to the uh, the airport. Um, is he? <laughs> um, but we cut into a seventies depiction of a Triceratops fighting the old uh, claymation style image of a T Rex as well. Um, bit of the old school sort of dinosaurs here fighting on a Viewmaster that uh, we would have seen a lot of before Jurassic Park come out and our sort of views and mm-hmm. what we thought dinosaurs were changed uh, dramatically. We also get a second slide here of uh, the dinosaurs biting each other's heads. <laughs> it sort of yeah. almost takes me back to Alan in the sandpit with Charlie going, <laughs> with Charlie's... <laughs> <laughs> and they almost kind of look like they're supposed to be... Uh, Ceratosaurus, I think, like old claymation Ceratosaurus, because they got that horn on their nose. Oh, yeah, yep, yep. Yeah, I just jumped to the conclusion it's probably the T Rex and Triceratops, but um, that's oh, where we get. T Rex and Triceratops, but that's the first one. Oh, yeah, yep. yep. Of course, it's got the volcano in the background on their first one, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> they all well, volcanoes. Yeah, yep, that's it. Um, any sort of non dinosaur stuff, uh, non Jurassic themed or um, franchise stuff here, all your all your um, third party dinosaur stuff that's littering, shel- cramming shelves at the moment's all got volcano stuff on it mm-hmm. as well. So whether whether they sit there and say, well, this is foreshadowing for what we're going to get in the second film or or what, that's that's up to them. But it's just it's just natural dinosaur imagery of having the volcano in the background or the asteroid coming in, yeah, wiping me out. I mean, I mean, it's all retro stuff, but. Then, I mean, when it gets to the next shot here of Grey looking, actually looking through the Viewmaster, it's weird because, I mean, look at his, around his room, he's got, like, a lot of old vintage toys. I mean, not just the Viewmaster, which is an old toy, not something you really expect for a kid. Like, a, what was he, like, supposed to be, like, eight, I think, in this movie? Yeah, around there. Uh, and he's, I mean, that's something weird that you see an eight-year-old playing with in um, 2014. I mean, that's... I mean, most of the time you see eight-year-olds these days, I don't think I've ever seen one that doesn't have an iPad or something like that, you know? Mm. Yeah, there's a lot of sort of older science type toys. Like there's, I think there's some rockets here on the shelf or a, a shuttle. Um, and a lot of sort of other dinosaur stuff as well where yeah. you'd, you'd think here where the park's been open for 10 years, it'd be like Disney, there'd be marketing and toys and stuff <laughs> everywhere mm-hmm. flooded the world. Now, maybe... Maybe they're not uh, that well off, but you'd think with Claire they should send some sort of bundle. Or yeah. Presence from Claire would always be Jurassic World themed stuff because that's what mm-hmm. she'd get for get Zara to get or someone to get and send to the, the nephews. Yeah, I mean, like some of these rockets too. I mean, I mean, too they go back. To, I mean, that one in the front and the foreground there like, it almost looks like from, like a toy from the 1950s. Same with the <laughs> wind up robot he's got laying on its side. You know? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. 
and the then he's got a uh, couple. I think it looks like an um, imperial brand um, dinosaur toys uh, on the shelf in the back. Got a couple of Patasaurus and a Brachiosaurus. Hmm. Yeah, so it's just it's just whether the, um, it's it's possible too. This could be a, a grandparents sort of stuff they've handed down. Yeah, that's true. Because we, we get to see some of them Kenner and Hasbro figures in Fallen Kingdom in that gift shop too, which is... We, we know there is a gift shop on the island. We've seen mm-hmm. a lot of marketing stuff there on Ellen and stuff before the film coming out. We've seen inside that gift shop, and I don't think we actually see any of that stuff outside Isla Nublar. No. It, I just noticed I'm laying on a... Uh, when the camera kind of pans over and we see his mom come in, it looks like there's an old... like a. And this is like really, really old, like an old um, shadow box camera. If you're even aware what those are, they're the ones that are like you see in like <laughs> almost like a um, like an old 1930s movie, where the ones that uh, had the physical, ex- you actually had to physically extend it. And that just seems like something really kind of odd and off the wall, because that's more like a expensive collector's item than a um, children's toy, you know. That's weird. <laughs> it is, yes. I just um just looked down to the uh, the novel stuff. I thought there was some sort of something to say that uh, he got this stuff from grandparents or something, but it's not. It's just the fact that he got it when he was five and he'd been or three when he'd been looking at viewfinder for six years. So it's not it's not that. I don't know. Mm. But as you said, yeah, Mrs. Mitchell, or Karen comes in and sees Grace sitting there with the uh, viewfinder. Um, she hurries them along saying their flight leaves in two hours, which cutting it a little bit close. <laughs> okay, what, yeah. what airport, especially when you're flying internationally. Um, yeah. I mean, you've got to go You got to go through um, the TSA, and then you got to go through um, customs, and then you got to go through... I mean, it's just nobody's there. I mean... Okay, I'll be. I'll admit, I did fly to Dublin a couple years back, and it did not take as long as I expected it to. There wasn't as many people there, but this is the Christmas season. If it's as close to, it's almost Christmas Eve. I think. I think it's uh, like the next, like the next night is Christmas Eve or something like that. Mm. This is like one of the busiest travel days in the United States, if not in the world, and nobody shows up. Nobody just leaves for the airport two hours before anymore. Yeah, and we will see when we get to the airport next minute. Um, even though it's not a major, well, it is a pretty big airport, but there's not long lines even where they go to check in. There's um, mm-hmm. there's not really anyone waiting around there. There are people walking back and forth in the background, but um, yeah, Christmas time at an airport is something you do not want to be going late to, or uh, no, yeah, because you're gonna be there for a long time. <laughs> mm, yes. But uh, he starts running off some numbers and travel times to uh, the county airport, and I sort of didn't really pick up here. It was more so when we get to the novel uh, a little bit later that's uh, the uh, Dane City or Dane County Airport. It's sort of weird here too, where she takes a viewfinder off him. He's sort of acting mm-hmm. a little bit slow. Um, yeah. Well, I think there's been a fan theory for a while now that Gray is meant to be on the autistic spectrum. And and that's that's fine. I just. I suppose we don't really need... Well, yeah, we did need someone to, to call it out, even if Zach, if, if Zara, later when she says, does he ever slow down, and he just says no. <laughs> well, well, the weird thing is, honestly, is that, I mean, it's never explicitly stated, 
but it's not even implied either. I mean, he does have a medicine bottle next to in the um, on the bed stand next to his bed, along with um, a vintage Star Wars snow speeder, <laughs> uh, a Popo Stegosaurus toy, and uh, Thomas Holtz Jr.'s dinosaur book. But I mean, yeah, it's, it's not it's not really something that's even brought up, and it's just kind of left hanging in the air there. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I don't know symptoms of what, what that um, yeah that sort of stuff what what goes on, but um, just the fact here that yeah he's running off numbers for travel times to the airport. Well, mm-hmm. he's probably been planning or want, knows he's going on this trip for weeks, so he's looking at every little detail he can. Mm-hmm. But then sort of here where he's not doesn't really seem all that with it when uh, she takes a viewfinder off him, and then later on where he's asking how heavy the island weighs. Um, <laughs> it's just. Little things like that was just sort of it, it pulls you back for a minute and go what 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 did you just say yeah, yeah. Right. and and that's the thing if he's supposed to have um, some sort of uh, disability or illness or something like that then that, that's fine but we sort of need to know instead of just what what, what what's this kid on yeah <laughs> have they got him, have they got him doped up or what what's the go <laughs> but um, as they uh, go to leave she uh, asked him if he fed the monster under the bed and he replies yes so again. Yes, I'm sure uh, a lot of kids his age have imaginary friends and all that sort of thing, but <laughs> just sort of weird. Again, monster under the bed. Yep, I fed him. <laughs> Considering we're going to go and see some real monsters later on. Mm-hmm. Well, that might have actually been a bit of a more foreshadowing. Plus, I mean, if he is supposed to be like eight years old or anything like that, I mean, that is kind of a natural fear a lot of kids have. Or it might just be like a fear he had when he was younger, and now it's just a kind of a running joke that he got since he got over it, you know? Yep, yep. Well, we're going to get to another running joke here as we cut outside and finish up the minute outside where we um, get everyone emerge from the door. Gray walks down the stairs past his brother, Zach, who's holding his girlfriend by the arms as she's telling him to call her every day, text me pics so I remember what you look like, and he replies, I'm only going for a week. <laughs> I, I haven't had a girlfriend uh, that seems this needy. Um, most if you're going away for a couple of days or something, it's fine. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we get the first instant of the dad being a bit of a dick here where uh, he's sitting in the driver's seat and listening to them say goodbye and tell Zach that he's not going off to war. <laughs> Which um, it's sort of weird that it's, he told Zach that when he probably just heard her saying, Send, call me every day and everything else. Uh, it's the girlfriend here that seems to be the clinging one, not, not Zach. Mm-hmm. Um, especially from what we see later. I mean, Zach just does not seem interested at all, you know? I mean, yeah. I mean, he kind of is, but she goes and she's trying to be all lovey-dovey, and he's just like not getting it. Yeah, and it might be just the fact that the parents are sitting there watching all this happen. I know from experience back then you didn't want to do anything like that where the parents could see. So mm-hmm. even even just the the I love you thing um, is something else where well everyone's watching. I don't want everyone to watch, and especially when you're I think you're supposed to be fifteen, sixteen here as well. So you're not. Yeah. You're still fairly young. This is all new. You're um, experiencing things for the first time and all that. So the last thing you want to do is have the parents see you, let alone Dad pull uh, make, pull the mickey out of you, which we get here as well. But we get that classic trope here of the uh, the girl saying I love you, but the uh, the boyfriend sort of not being able to say, says I like you instead uh, mm-hmm. back. Even as uh, she sort of licks her lips expecting a kiss, Goodbye, Zach sort of just blows her off and runs to the car. So as we uh, end the minute, she just stands there on the porch giving that long wave goodbye. 
Mm. And we're going to get some uh, more comments from the uh, the father next minute on that. Um, briefly over at Novel Comparisons uh, here, as the novel opens, we're introduced to Gray Mitchell looking at Dinosaur's few through his red viewfinder. His parents had given it to him uh, with free discs for his fifth birthday. That meant he'd been looking at the same pictures for six years now, so he's supposed to be 11 here, going off the uh, novel. Um, I see. Which, again, why hasn't he got Jurassic World merch? Why has he got old-school stuff? The park was around six years before this, so it would have existed, but um, his mum says the flight leaves in two hours, and there's some filler here. Uh, the dialogue in the film misses... Uh, Dane County Airport is 38 miles away, 60 with traffic, and uh, Gray's described as being good with numbers. So again, there, he's a bit of a whiz kid with numbers, but not mm-hmm. necessarily autistic. So yeah, but again, I think I've heard that like high functioning autistic uh, people are supposed to be good with numbers. Yeah, but, again, I mean that might just be generalizing. So that um. To really tangent here, that the TV show The Good Doctor. Yeah, I watched that too. Yeah, I don't watch it. I've just seen the ads for it. Is he autistic? I know he's he got is. some. Yes, he, he is meant okay. to be a high functioning autistic. Well, yeah, there you go. Okay, that's that. That explains a lot then. <laughs> um, looking at the Dane County uh, airport on its own, um, it is an actual real place, not made up for the film uh, in the uh, county, the U.S. state of Wisconsin, where we know the house was supposed to be in film canon. Um, as for the uh, 2010 census, the population of uh, just short half a million people. So making it the second biggest populace in the county of Wisconsin. Um, in the 2018 estimate, places the uh, population around 542,000. So, yeah, big big sort of area, big city. And um, the capital is Madison, which um, is where we're supposed to be here now in the film. Mm-hmm. Um we got some more info on the airport next minute, um, being it started as a military airport and all that for World War Two. But, David, that's the next minute to look forward to. Anything else on this you want to discuss before we get heavy today? No, I think we're good. All right, lovely. <laughs> <laughs> 